0: Welcome to Return to Regalia, an Underline Chronicles reread podcast. I'm Una. And I'm Nate. Today we'll be covering chapters 19 through 21 of The Prophecy of Bane, in which Gregor enters the labyrinth and finds the Bane. Where we left off, Gregor had just stated his intention to kill the Bane. We've got a lot to cover today, so I think we should just get right into it. Yeah, I
1: think you're right.
0: Chapter 19 starts with Howard telling Gregor he can't kill the Bane alone. Gregor says he can and asks Twitch Tip to tell them why. She reveals that he's a rager, and everyone is shocked. Howard asks, A rager? How know you this? Pssst. This is an instance of an underlander not using due support, which you'll know about if you listen to my mini linguistics lesson at the end of episode 15. (laughs) (laughs) Pro tip. Pro tip. Twitch tip explains that she can smell Gregor's rager abilities when he fights. Gregor says that he denied it before because he didn't want it to be true, but it doesn't matter what he wants.
1: He's not even saying it to be like Brady's He's not even like, well, I guess it doesn't matter what I want. He's just like stating it as a fact. He's like, oh, I need to accept, accept this responsibility that's been placed upon me and become completely dead inside and kill. Exactly. <laughs> oh, it's like, man, okay, sorry. I also took
0: note of this part because- It's so real that it never matters what Gregor wants. And he's kind of just like learning this over and over again. Like if he doesn't want to be the warrior, it doesn't matter. If he doesn't want to be a rager, it doesn't matter. He is always being pushed to do things that he doesn't want to do. And right now he's just like, it's time to just accept it.
1: I feel like it's kind of like one of those... I keep, you know, when you see a post on Tumblr that's like, this person is doomed by the narrative or like comparing like a character from a book to like a character from a Greek tragedy where it's like they are going to die from the beginning. I don't, I haven't read enough Greek tragedies to know this either, but I feel like there's something about some characters who just like have accepted the whole way through that they're like, oh, this is what I was made for. I am going to do this action and then there is nothing left for me. And he's kind of like that
0: yeah I think that there's a lot of instances of Gregor kind of like saying well fine I guess <laughs> about his fate about being the warrior or about having to kill the bane or in the last book having to die but it's like he was doomed for all of these fates from the beginning he just didn't know it yet yeah yeah When Howard points out that being a rager doesn't make Gregor immortal, Aries says that he'll be there to help him. And Twitch Tip adds that she'll lead them as far as she can based on what she smelled before her nose got smashed.
1: And I like that she specifically says, before I lost my nose. And later Gregor's like, she can't smell anymore. But Twitch Tip is the one who says, I lost my nose. Which I'll, I'll have more to say later, but I really like that, how she phrases that. I think that's really interesting.
0: I'm so excited to hear more. Howard tries to tell them that he and Andromeda will come too, and Gregor just says, You're not invited. <laughs> <laughs> he explains that someone has to get Marath home and tell everyone what happened. More importantly, he needs someone to tell his family what happened to him if he doesn't come back. Gregor threatens to fight Howard if he follows them into the maze, and Ares and Twitch tip back him up.
1: That's my favorite thing, that Howard's like, I'll come with you, and immediately everybody's like, We'll beat the shit out of you, boy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god. <sighs> yeah, Howard's just trying to help. He's just driven to like try and be helpful all the time. And everyone is like, dude, no. <laughs> right. We're, we're ready to fight you to make you not come
1: with us. Right, like he's also had a pretty rough day. Things aren't going super well for him. He's like, oh, I can help on this maybe suicidal quest. That would be cool. And everybody's just like immediately... <coughs> Not even like discussing it first. They're like, Howard, back up. <laughs> yeah,
0: you're not invited. You can't sit with us. You're not in the club. It says, Howard was starting to lose it now. Maybe I will take that chance. Maybe Andromeda will too. Uh I I just like love Howard so much. Because mm-hmm. he really is just like trying to help and be supportive and he just like wants to be useful and not obviously he's gonna be useful taking Marith back to regalia, but like he doesn't want to be the one that's left behind. Like he wants to make it through to the end of this quest. And he's so passionate. And I really think that this is him being like the antithesis to Henry because Henry was just like so gung-ho about what he wanted to do and what he believed in. And he was like, willing to stand up to everyone to like do what he wanted and howard is like the same way but in a good way i yeah it's just great it's a great parallel that's
1: i did not think of that at all that's really good yeah and he he lives but his bond dies meanwhile henry dies but his bond lives if gregor hadn't gotten in the way he aries and howard could have just like had a nice parallel and just become bonds and chilled in the underland but alas the warrior had to show up
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm not sure if howard and aries would be compatible
1: yeah i feel like
0: aries and gregor both have this kind of like sad boy thing going on and howard is not like that
1: (laughs) (laughs) howard's like aries how about we don't just sit and brood in the cave today and aries is like you never understood me
0: Meanwhile, Gregor is like, hey, do you want to sit and brood in the cave? And Ares is like, way ahead of you, bro. <laughs> <sighs> Gregor begs Howard to return to Regalia. Eh?
1: Yeah, that was good.
0: He explains that Regalia will have to find a new ruler if Luxa is dead. Since Narissa can't handle the job, Vicus will take the throne. And after him, it'll be Howard's mom and then Howard. But if Howard dies, then it'll be Stella Vet, which no one wants. The narration says, Howard ground the palms of his hands into his forehead. Between losing Pandora and Luxa, whom he'd only just found, really, and the responsibility of a kingdom hanging over him, he was clearly overwhelmed. Which is an understatement. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he's lost a bunch of loved ones, and he's about to kind of be abandoned by half of the quest group and he's not going to be able to see this thing through to the end and make sure that Gregor survives.
1: Yeah that's I feel like I keep forgetting like that Luxa all they also at this point think Luxa and Aurora are dead Mm because Gregor is just very focused on boots obviously and it's Mm -hmm. like no.
0: Yeah and they have a whole kingdom to worry about like Luxa being dead is a huge issue. Right. Andromeda says she won't fight Gregor and asks Howard to help her bring Marath home. Howard finally gives up, takes a few moments to collect himself, then jumps into action. He notes that Andromeda won't be able to fly the whole way home across the waterway, so the group decides to make a raft out of the wreckage from their boat. I really like that Howard is just like, I don't know, like he's very quick to just be like, okay, this is what we're doing now. Like as soon as he... Accepts that he's not coming with them. He's like, Well, then I'm gonna be the best that I can be at this other thing.
1: I feel like he's a little like Gregor in that, like, once he realizes what needs to be done, he does it. Mm-hmm. Like, he's a few years older than them. Like, he's a little more mature mm-hmm. and he's a little more calm, but he's also like, Yeah, I gotta do what I gotta do.
0: Gregor and Ares go to the tankard to scavenge for pieces. Oh, real quick, what happened to the serpents?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I bet just like when everybody, when everybody's not bothering them, they probably went back to sleep. I, that's the best. I never considered Ooh. that, but that's my best guess is that they're just like fucking finally and then they.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they wouldn't be able to get back to sleep, especially if it was like the end of their hibernation anyway. Uh,
1: well, then there's only one alternative um, that they're fucking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but like, wouldn't they still be in the tank or maybe they left into the greater waterway?
1: Yeah. They have like a, like their little, what's that? The Love Shack, like the B-52 song. <laughs> <laughs> a little place where we can serpent sex together. Yeah, perfect.
0: Yeah. It's a new hit. Yeah. It's a new hit from Ares and the Flyers. <laughs> yeah. Gregor tells Ares that he doesn't need to come with to kill the Bane if he doesn't want to. Ares says, the Nars have killed every reason I had to return to Regalia. Eh? <laughs> If by some strange chance we live and you return home, the silence begins for me. Which is just so grim.
1: Yeah, such a way to describe it too. I think it's interesting that like he really knows there's nothing for him. He's not even planning to kill himself. He's just planning to live the rest of his life alone in silence and miserable.
0: Yeah, he's just like... Well, I'm going to be alone for the rest of time, and that's just going to be how it is. We're going to get up to Aries's depression later oh, in these chapters, and I have a lot of thoughts. Gregor thinks about Ares living alone in his hideout without anyone in regalia who cares about him. Gregor agrees that they'll go to kill the Bane together, and the narration says, He had a feeling they would never have a discussion like this again about whether one would go into danger without the other. He didn't bother to thank Ares. Somehow they were past thanking each other. Somehow it would almost be like thanking himself. This is everything.
1: They've grown so much just throughout this one book.
0: Yeah. This is really like the Ares and Gregor book. I mean, all of them are the Ares and Gregor book, but this is the first big one about them getting to know each other and like they're real bonds now they're not strangers anymore they really mean what they said to each other in the bonding ritual like they're gonna die for each other and be with each other no matter what because at the beginning of this book we had them fighting and kind of acknowledging that they barely knew each other and now they're so close that gregor is thinking of them like they're the same being.
1: Right. I mean, we'll get to it in a minute, but in the conversation where they just say, well, this make us happy, and there's not even the question of like- I they- have so many thoughts about that. Oh, I'm excited.
0: Yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> oh, and I also like that Gregor isn't getting mad at Ares for saving him instead of Boots like he told him to.
1: I completely forgot about that, but yeah-
0: Gregor totally at this point could have been like, bro, why didn't you save my sister? Now she's dead. And Gregor is just like not thinking about that. Like either he's repressing it so much that like it's not occurring to him or he understands what Ares, like why Ares did what he did.
1: I'd like to think it's the second one. Like they just understand each other so well already now that he's just like, well, yeah, it had, it had to be this way. The warrior needs to be alive to kill the Bane.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The two of them bring in enough pieces of the boat for Howard to make a raft out of. I was wondering what the pieces of the boat are made out of, because it's not wood. Lily and I had this discussion when the boats were first described earlier in this book, and we just like couldn't figure out the ne- structure of these boats. I
1: never thought about that, because like it can't be like a hide of something, because then it wouldn't really you couldn't really tape the pieces back together. I don't think.
0: I think that at some point, the boats are described as being hide stretched over a bone frame. Oh. Does bone float? You'd think I'd yeah. have watched enough bones to
1: know this. <laughs> well, pe- well, no, I was going to say people can float, but we've got, like, fat to keep us buoyant. Can't. Well, shells don't float, and they're kind of like bones. <laughs> <laughs> this is, like... Ancient Greek philosophers. Right
0: <laughs> we have the technology to favor. Right? Out, I, look, actually.
1: I we have hang on, we have turkey, don't we? Oh. <laughs> I mean you can look it up. I was gonna go put a turkey bone in a glass of water.
0: We can do that hands on experiment later. You're I right, think. you're right. I'm gonna Google, do bones float.
1: Oh wise Oracle.
0: No, bones are too dense. The bones sink to the bottom. You know, now that I'm reading that, I do remember an episode of Bones where she puts some dirt in some water and the bones sink to the bottom.
1: Nice. Oh, that's good.
0: Yeah. So yeah, what the fuck are these boats made out of? Yeah. That is floating.
1: I mean, I, maybe the, well, I guess, yeah, I feel like the hide isn't buoyant like a human is. No. Maybe it's like they make little air pockets in it, but that seems complicated.
0: And- wouldn't they have gotten like torn in the serpent attack? Yeah. If they were destroyed? If you have a theory about these boats, Lily, Nate, and I have been waiting on an explanation for so long. Please tell us what these fucking boats are made out of.
1: Please. We have families. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Along with the raft, Gregor and Ares also salvaged some packs with food and first aid supplies. Howard fixes everyone up with the supplies and tells Gregor to take the food since he and Andromeda can eat raw fish on the waterway. Gregor takes Marath's sword and Howard takes one of the two remaining flashlights, but he gives all the batteries to Gregor because Andromeda can get them home in the dark. Can you imagine floating in the middle of an underground lake on a shitty raft in complete darkness?
1: Yeah. I w- yeah, just when they describe making the raft out of like duct tape and boat pieces, I'm like, I would not want like even the moment when Gregor suggests, "Oh, you can just make a raft." I'm like, I do not want to be Howard in this moment. Yeah. I just and then they test it by having Gregor and Howard and Ari sit on it, which like fair, but I feel like Meredith has to weigh more than Gregor. Like I I'm, think
0: Aries weighs more than Andromeda. Right, though. that
1: makes sense. He's,
0: he's a big boy,
1: <laughs> hefty bat. But yeah, I would not. That would not be a good time.
0: I just can't imagine sitting so close to the water in complete darkness, not being able to see into the water or around you. And there's like they described the waterway as having waves.
1: I for oh, I forgot about that. It's
0: like it's like a proper ocean or like very big lake.
1: I don't like that.
0: Yeah, just, like, the idea of being in, like, pitch darkness is terrifying to me. They load Marith onto Andromeda, and Howard says, fly you high, to Gregor. Gregor says it back, but he thinks that, "then nice knowing you, might be more appropriate, <laughs> because he doesn't think he'll ever see Howard again. The note that I put in here last night when I was reading this just says,
1: gah! <laughs> <laughs> so, so true. I love Gregor's gallows humor, though. Yeah,
0: Yeah, it's the best, actually. (laughs) I love the little hints of humor we get in these chapters, because they're so depressing and miserable, but there's just, like, little hints of jokes, and I really appreciate that. Right. Andromeda takes off, and Gregor, Ares, and Twitch Tip start their journey into the labyrinth. And that's the end of chapter 19. Oh, Yeah. Chapter 20 starts with Twitch Tip leading them through the tunnels based on what she remembers smelling before her nose got hurt. The tunnels split off in different directions, twist around like corkscrews, and vary in width. Ares has to hop and flutter along on foot, which sucks, but they don't run into any rats. Twitch Tip explains that they must think Boots is dead, Gregor is incapacitated, and the Bane is safe, but they'll smell him eventually. They walk for an hour before taking a break. When prompted by Gregor, Twitch Tip explains that she knows the labyrinth a little because she lived in a cave near the Tankard for a year after she was banished. She only left after a patrol caught her there, and she lived in solitude in the Deadland until she found Ripred years later. He let her stay in his nest when he wasn't there. I was wondering like, I... did Yeah, so did Ripper like kick her out when he was there?
1: Oh, I was more wondering like what does it mean like what is Rip Red's nest that it's worth staying there? Does she not have her own nest or a rat nest in the underland? Like more like a house to us?
0: Oh, that's a good question. Or
1: is it just that like, like how cats, like how Lola needs to smell everything? Does it just make Twitchit more comfortable to sleep somewhere that smells like another rat?
0: I bet that's part of it for sure. Yeah. Well, in the, in the fifth book, Ripred is given a room in, like, the Codebreaker's room, and the humans have, like, put a nest in there for him that Gregor describes as just being, like, made out of pieces of things, but then when Ripred goes there, he, like, starts tearing up paper and, like, whatever to, like, make it more, like, how he wants it, so I guess it's just, like... I'm, I mean, I'm picturing a bird's nest.
1: Yeah, same. Just like
0: a little, you know, a little bowl for him to rest in.
1: Maybe it's just like it takes a while in the Deadland to collect the resources. Yeah. But yeah. that that is funny, though. I didn't consider that like he does kick her out when he gets back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this nest ain't big enough for the two of us.
0: Yeah. I wonder if it's like Ripred's nest is on prime real estate. Ooh. Like he's really near a bunch of resources that you would need to survive and- him letting twitch tip stay there is like giving her more access to food than she normally has or something.
1: Nice. And then when he gets back, he's like these are my hunting grounds. You got to go now.
0: Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, I guess I don't. I want to know why Ripred kicks her out when he comes back because now he has a band of rats that he lives with. So it can't be that he just
1: Oh, I didn't even
0: doesn't like living with other rats cuz he's got other rats around now. So like is he also Put off by Twitch tips' sense here abilities?
1: I bet. I feel like that could be it because she can smell that he's a rager, which, like, just like she can, she has also all sorts of personal knowledge about him. Like, maybe mm-hmm. he'll be a little nicer to her than everybody else, but he also doesn't want her to just, like, while he's sitting in his nest and brooding, he doesn't want her to have, like, all this insight into what he's thinking. Mm-hmm. And also, I feel like sometimes he just, like, just to kind of keep his image, like, sharp in people's eyes, he just kind of likes to be a dick.
0: I was thinking that too i was thinking that maybe he is like making her leave so that she's more eager to come back
1: oh you're so right
0: like it's kind of a little bit of manipulation like if he reminds her that he can kick her out whenever then she's more beholden to him
1: damn and she doesn't question him kicking her out because everybody else kicks her out
0: yeah oof dang oof Rip Red is quite manipulative.
1: He and Vycus could just go toe to toe. Yeah. But it's funny because Vycus is manipulating everybody and he wants to be nice. But Rip Red is manipulating everybody and he does not want to be nice. No.
0: Yeah. He wants people to be scared of him. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. They, they do similar things, but in opposite directions.
1: And then Silhouette is more like, I feel like she doesn't want to be nice. She doesn't want to be seen as mean. She doesn't care as much about how people see her as long as they listen to her.
0: Yeah. I think you're right.
1: We could like make make a spectrum of like Ripred to Vicus. What kind of manipulator are you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, Ripred has his band of rebel rats, and he told Twitch Tip that if she could help Gregor find the bane, she could join them. She urges Ares and Gregor to keep moving, and as they walk, Gregor thinks about how although Ripred was being kind to Twitch Tip. He knows that Ripred only does things that will ultimately benefit him. Ripred knows that Twitchtip's sensier powers could be useful to him, and that Twitchtip is desperate for a home. They have mutual need just like Ripred and Gregor. But if Twitchtip ever stops being useful to Ripred, he might decide she's not worth keeping around.
1: This is totally unrelated, but I just realized, is Twitchtip like the rat equivalent of an empath? <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't need to go into that. I just thought of it.
0: I mean, to some extent, all of the rats are empaths because they can like smell oh, yeah. each other's emotions. But Twitch Dip can do it like really well, so I guess maybe
1: I, yeah. ju- I choose to believe it.
0: She could like pretend to be psychic. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god. Underwind chronicles psych au okay <laughs> we gotta change the subject who, who's gus if twitch who tip is, is gus if twitch tip is sean who's gus or is twitch because gus has like his super nose oh that's I, right i love because i always forget about it until they bring it up again and i'm like why is gus smelling stuff it's like oh yeah the super sniffer the super sniffer. yeah yeah who is who is the normie sidekick to uh twitch, to twitch tip, tip.
0: I don't know. Maybe Gregor can be.
1: Yeah. (laughs) They can have a. No, wait. Yeah. Because he's just like, I just want to go home and not die. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We can make this happen. We can make this happen.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I was thinking about how, so Gregor is acknowledging that Rip Red only keeps people around because they're useful to him. And I'm wondering if Twitch Tip is having the same thought process right now because she's lost her sense of smell. Like, is she thinking in her head, like, even if I am able to get Gregor to the Bane, will Rip Red still want me? Because now I can't smell.
1: That's so true. Like... With Twitch Tip's nose, I was just thinking, like, like, they don't really acknowledge it. Because to Gregor, it's, like, it's your sense of smell. He knows it's important to Twitch Tip. But he can't really understand, like, Twitch Tip losing her sense of smell is, like, the equivalent of one of us losing our hearing or vision. Mm -hmm. Like, in this, like, while she's with them, she's just, like, gotta be probably in shock, like, completely disoriented. Yeah. And, like, yeah, now, and now she's wondering if, like, her one thing that was useful. It's funny because her nose is, like, the thing that isolates her from everybody. But also now it's the only thing that, like, is keeping her in contact with somebody because Rip Red can give her like other rats to hang out with.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like smelling is her one thing. It's her, like, it's everything about her. It's like her main thing that she's really based her whole life around and she's had to base her whole life around. And now she doesn't have that. It must be, like you said, really disorienting. I hadn't thought
1: about that. Right. Right. I feel like sometimes in fiction, just as a thing that I noticed that annoys me is that like when a character gets like a super life-changing injury or like a super disfiguring injury, I'm always like, huh, I wonder if they'll be dead by the end of this. And like, not every time, but a lot of the times they are. It's just like, oh, okay, we're getting that. But with her, it is like her main character thing too. It's Mm -hmm. like, what would she even do in the story if she wasn't doing that? Like just kind of like hanging around.
0: It's interesting that she's gone from a certain type of... I don't know. Like because of her senseer powers, she was an outcast. But now that she doesn't have any sense of smell, she's actually kind of like disabled compared to the other rats.
1: Right. And would she, would they accept her now that she doesn't have her seer, or would she still be an outcast because now she still can't like communicate emotionally with people because she can't smell them and she can't monitor the smells that she's putting out if- if they can change their smells that they're putting out.
0: That is so interesting. I had not considered the fact that she's like gone in the opposite direction now. Like she smelled too much and now she can't smell at all. She just can't, she can't reach that middle ground that is like societally uh, acceptable to the the, rats.
1: The societally acceptable amount of smell. I guess one thing I was wondering is like, they say she lost her nose, but I don't know if like, can she heal from this? Does she expect to? I don't know how. That's a good question, actually. I guess I just assumed that she permanently lost
0: her sense of smell, but maybe it is just right now Uh because she's injured. But like, maybe she could theoretically get some of it back someday yeah
1: but yeah probably i mean how long maybe she won't live long enough like a human humans live for a while i don't know if rats in the underland like have well no because the bane grows up from a baby to a adult super fast so mm-hmm. rats just have shorter lifespans. so maybe if she lived long enough her nose would heal but she just naturally won't
0: yeah that's such a good question i hadn't considered the fact that like with the proper care she might get her nose back
1: right like we we just don't know enough about the rats
0: yeah or i guess
1: Theoretically, we could, if we went on the internet for long enough, uh, know enough about rats. But giant rats are still a yeah, little, like... Yeah,
0: yeah. And we don't know exactly how she was injured. That's
1: true, that's true. What
0: damage she's continuing to do with it by not having it being treated right away. Oh, true. Like, there are a lot of variables there. yeah. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. Yeah,
1: but yeah, and, and now she's just, she's leaving them and just heading out into this tunnel and like, she they nobody knows if she's going to live or die, least of all, least of all Twitch tip.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet she's not even thinking that far ahead. She's just like, well, I can't smell now and that is an issue. She's right. not really even thinking about like, well, maybe someday I can be useful again.
1: Like how Gregor can't think past uh, when his dad will be back. Yeah. Or can't think past now to when his dad will be back.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that's a characteristic of a lot of these characters. Yeah. They're just living in such a volatile world that they don't have the capacity to think too far into the future.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. so true.
0: I think that's what makes Ripred pretty unique is because he's always planning for the future. You're
1: so, Rip Ripred and Vicus and Sol- Solabet are yeah. all...
0: They're like the oldest characters in the story, so... I guess that comes with old age, maybe, that they are able to think more ahead than Gregor, who's fucking 11. <laughs>
1: right. I'm um, Jared, I'm 11, and I don't know how to fucking think into the future. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm wondering how old Twitch Tip is now. Yeah. We don't really get age descriptions for any of the animals, except for the Bane, because we, like, know how fast he grows up. But we don't know if, like for example, Ares is considered an adult bat or like a young adult, or I guess I'm assuming young adult.
1: Yeah. I imagine Rip Red is kind of like an older adult and Twitch, tep- Twitch tips like a younger adult.
0: Yeah. Like
1: he kind of seems in his Rip Red way, like a little bit protective over her.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that he seems protective of her, but also he like makes fun of her so yeah, I think it makes sense that Ripred is like an elder to her, and she's
1: younger—thirty-something rat years, <laughs> maybe even him.
0: Yeah, because if she was much older, she would have gotten kicked out of the rats' land sooner. I think.
1: Oh, that does make sense. I wonder what happened to her. Her parents—that were they? Did they die, or were they just like, yeah, we don't want her either
0: oh yeah. i've never once considered twitch tips family i have no idea
1: obviously she didn't inherit the sensier powers directly from them because they would have had it too yeah so is she just like their freak child who they're just like
0: she's the the black sheep of the family yeah the black rat of the family <laughs> yeah that's interesting We keep just like asking questions (laughs) about
1: this world that we're never ever gonna get answers about. No, we need we need a songbirds and snakes type prequel, but for these books, oh my god,
0: can you fucking imagine? Like,
1: oh man, we need what would your prequel be? Oh my god, what would it be? I think it would have to be Rip Red's life. Like, like, we would get, we would get, how did Rip Red, well, like, I know we know he became this way by losing his family, but how did he after that loss, like, instead of just giving up, he was like, no. I'm going to fucking whip this underland into shape. Mm-hmm. How did he meet Vicus and start being friends with him? How did he meet Twitch Tip?
0: I would definitely take a like a young, rip-read Vicus and Solovet book. Yeah. That'd be pretty dope.
1: Suzanne Collins, if you're listening, you have at least two people who would read this.
0: I would also take like a Hamnet story. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Like a young Hamnet before he leaves regalia.
1: Right. And the, and we see exactly, because that would get the Garden of the Hesperides in there, yeah. too. Like, we would have that whole, we could see, like, side character Rip Red, like... oh that would be that would be good
0: yeah and learn more about Solovet that way yeah I mean if we're going songbirds and snakes like we should have the Solovet book
1: oh right like if we're
0: we're doing the perspective of the evil person
1: right you're so right oh we should have a Solovet book we should have a young Solovet book oh my god just like man what happened to you (laughs) (laughs) Solovet
0: imagine like a like a young hot solivet oh my god people writing solivet
1: x reader (laughs) oh my god the first they make it into a movie and the first part of the movie is solivet running around like i don't know where i put my shirt (laughs) my shirt that's native rat for plot relevant
0: (laughs) oh my god we just saw ballad of songbirds and snakes over the weekend if you couldn't tell anyway where were we even well, um, in this
1: plot? In the <laughs> Twitch Tips, like, just leaving in the tunnel.
0: Okay, that was a huge tangent. But Gregor was thinking about Rip Red and Twitch Tips' mutual need. Yes. And how Rip Red might not keep her around if she's not useful to him. But then Gregor reconsiders and thinks about how Rip Red is friends with Vicus and Solavette, and he's seen him exhibit genuine compassion before. I just love that Gregor is spending so much time trying to puzzle RipRed out.
1: That's so true.
0: So much of the narrative is just like dedicated to Gregor thinking about what RipRed's motivations
1: could possibly be. I, I like to believe that RipRed would let Twitch tip hang with them still.
0: Yeah, I'd like to believe that too. We'll get to the part where Gregor meets up with RipRed later in this book. Oh, excellent. Yeah, when he brings the bane. So Gregor, Ares, and Twitchtip are still walking through the labyrinth. Twitchtip is doing really badly, and eventually she falls down and can't get back up. She's at the end of her scent map, so she tells Gregor and Ares to leave her there. She'll rest and then try to get back to her old cave. She encourages them to find the Bane, who she knows must be close. Gregor gives her some food and tells her, fly you high. And then it goes, she laughed and blood dripped from the bandage on her nose. You don't say that to rats. What do you say in a situation like this? asked Gregor. Like this? Run like the river, said Twitchtip. Run like the river, Twitchtip, said Gregor. You too, said Twitchtip. And Gregor and Ares left her lying on the tunnel floor. And that's the last time we ever see her.
1: I'm still not over that.
0: I will never in my entire life be over that.
1: I think for me, it's partly like I grew up reading comics. So every time somebody in a book dies, I'm like, when are they going to be back? For for Twitch, it's just like, I can't just the fact that she dies off screen.
0: Yeah, it's brutal. It's so unfair. Yeah, (sighs) there are no words. It's just devastating. So we have heard the run like the river thing before because Ripred said it to Gregor at the end of the first book.
1: Oh,
0: we didn't get an explanation that that's like what the rats say, but that's what Ripred says to Gregor. They get to a fork in the path that Twitch Tip described to them and Ares reminds Gregor that she's strong and cunning enough to survive. And furthermore, the Bane Dying is her ticket into Ripred's squad. So she would want Gregor to go on. Gregor just nods and asks Ares which of the three tunnels in front of them they should take. And then there's this really funny bit where Ares says left, but when they go that way, they end up circling back around to the same spot. So he says, on further reflection, I favor the right. And they go right, but they hit a dead end. So when they go back to the fork, Ares tells Gregor, I think you should choose. (laughs) This is what I'm talking about. Like these little hints of... Humor, right? This so like these chapters are so miserable, but this bit gets me every time. It's fucking hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) They get to a large, circular, cone-shaped cavern with walls that slant up fifty feet and meet in a point at the top. A dozen tunnels lead out from it in different directions. Ares says they should stop and eat, and gregor thinks back to the last time they ate, which was when he had raw fish because he gave his food to Boots. When he remembers Boots, the narration says, A hot pain stabbed him in the heart. He took a deep breath, pushed Boots out of his mind, and imagined the rats laughing, the ice sealed back over his chest. He's just, like, pushing everything down so much, trying not to feel anything so that he could just keep moving. And he's kind of just being, like, fueled by his hatred at this point, like... He's thinking about the rats laughing at his sister dying, and he's like, that is giving him the energy to go on right now. Yeah, this is really like a dark moment for Gregor. Like, this is kind of a rock bottom moment. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Yeah. They sit down to eat, and after a while, Ares says, There is something wrong about it, my still being alive. He goes on to explain that it's wrong how he's still alive while Henry, Luxa, and Aurora are all dead. He asks Gregor how long it's been since he first came to the Underland, and Gregor thinks it's been five or six months. Ares describes the match they were all playing the day Gregor entered the arena for the first time, and he says there was supposed to be a feast to celebrate Nerissa's birthday later. He laments how nothing has been the same since that day. Gregor knows what he means because he feels the same way about everything since his dad disappeared. And this... Stood out to me, because I think it's really interesting that, like, Gregor's day that changed everything isn't the day that he fell into the overland, but the day that his dad did. Hey, it's
1: editing Una. I meant to say underland. That's so true. That's like, even before, he's like, even before I came to the underland, I was still devastated and fucked up. Yeah. That's sad.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's doomed from the beginning right there.
1: Even Aries saying it feels like the the foreshadowing. It feels strange that I'm still alive right now. Yeah. No, it's actually fine. Don't worry about it, man. It's
0: driving me nuts. It's like, oh my God. Yeah, no, this thing about Gregor though. Like, I mean, obviously losing his dad was huge and life changing, but it's interesting to me that he's kind of combining the time he spent living without his dad with the time he spent knowing about the Underland. Because you'd think that learning about the Underland would have changed his world way more. But actually, the way Gregor sees it, his life has been totally out of his control for much longer. Like, he sees losing his dad and learning about the Underland as equal in terms of how much chaos they introduced into his life.
1: That's so interesting. Yeah.
0: Like, losing his dad was the beginning and learning about the Underland was just a continuation of that.
1: I never, yeah, and I, and I wonder if that's part of, I mean, obviously that's part of like why he can accept so readily, like, oh, I'm the warrior. Oh, I have to do this. Because unlike Ares, who kind of had everything ripped away from him Mm -hmm. recently, Gregor is used to this by now.
0: Yeah. Wow. Gregor tells Ares that the world from before is never coming back, But Ares is still fixated on how wrong it feels that he's alive after he let his bond die, and now that his friends are gone. Gregor says, It wasn't your fault, Ares. Not any of it. It's like Vicus said to me once. We just all got trapped in one of Sandwich's prophecies. So this comes back to how doomed Ares is, which is something we talked a lot about at the end of book one. But... I mean, what's wild about this is that Ares agrees that he's doomed. Like he can see it and he can feel it and he's like living it. He's like fully aware that he is just like not supposed to be
1: alive at this point. By both like the laws of the society and just that he spent his whole life believing in these prophecies. Like Gregor also has only recently learned of these prophecies. But Aries is just like with such certainty. Is Ares' death even in a prophecy? Because I think it might not be.
0: I, it's not. Which
1: is so interesting. He's just, he's still doomed.
0: Unless you read the prophecies as Aries being the warrior the whole time. Oh
1: my god, which we talked. Oh yeah, okay. Which we got-
0: some people believe this, but some people are like, no, Ares' death is symbolic of other things yeah
1: i kind of like him as just collateral Mm -hmm. like but let's let's let him believe that he's the warrior
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean i think aries believes himself to be collateral at this point right yeah
1: i'm like no i'm like i want him to like be as he's i want him to believe that he's the warrior but he doesn't i don't think
0: he does yeah we can have a huge discussion about that when we get to book five I'm, i'm excited but in this scene he's like He's showing that he's internalized this notion that it's a crime that he's alive, which is what the rest of the humans and bats think about him at this point. And again, we're looking at how Gregor delayed Ares's fate by bonding with him, but Ares is still doomed by the society he lives in both because of their social expectations around bonding and because of the war with the rats, which has taken all of his friends from him.
1: Right, oh my God. And how Gregor even is only here temporarily. Like, even if they do miraculously survive, he knows that Gregor is going to go back home.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think Ares is very aware of the fact that it's not going to end well for him just because of the world he's living in. Like, no matter what, gregor does it's never gonna be okay for aries which is so depressing
1: like it's interesting because we have characters who are kind of optimistic about the future or at least think we can we can make things happen there are characters who can't look to the future at all and then there's aries who believes the future is his inevitable tragic death
0: yeah and is
1: just also like everybody else just still marching toward that Mm -hmm. that's rough buddy
0: yeah it is so (laughs) rough Which really sets up this next line. Ares asks Gregor, Will it make us feel any better, do you think, to kill the Bane? And Gregor replies, I don't know, but I don't see how it could make us feel any worse. But hold that thought, Gregor. (laughs) (laughs) This comes back to, I think, what Gregor was telling Luxa after he dove into the Whirlpool to save Twitch Tip when no one else would. He told her it's no good to let Twitch tip drown, which is introducing an idea that I think is extremely present in all of Suzanne Collins's writing, including The Hunger Games. And we were talking about uh, Songbirds and Snakes, seeing Songbirds and Snakes over the weekend, which was amazing. The idea is that the only way to put an end to evil is to stop putting more bad into the world. Um, and this sounds like really basic <laughs> shit, you know? Like, we've all heard the, like an eye for eye and tooth for tooth would lead to a world of the blind and toothless. Like, that's from the Bible. And then oh, yeah. we also have like, darkness cannot cannot drive out darkness, only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate, only love can do oh, that. My, what's
1: that from? Martin Luther King. Nice. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my school had that on posters oh, all nice, over. <laughs> nice. So, like, if we're, like, talking about this theme of, like, the only way to be truly revolutionary is to, like, focus all of your actions on putting good into the world and not doing more harm. Like, that's very simple, but people struggle with it a lot. It's really difficult for people to put into practice, especially when they've been hurt the way that these characters have been hurt. When Gregor tells Luxa that letting Twitch Tip die is no good, he means that even though Luxa is right, that the rats have taken a lot from her personally and from her people, Letting Twitch Tip die doesn't even anything out. It's just putting more bad into the world. So Gregor is, like, urging her to just set all of that aside. Revenge is not the answer. This isn't revenge anyway. We can save Twitch Tip. And that's gonna be good, ultimately.
1: That makes me think of, like, I'm sure this is what you were thinking of, but at the end... Hunger Games spoilers coming up. In Mockingjay, when they're deciding if they want to do the games again or not. And it's, like, it's so tempting to, like finally get to punish people the way they've hurt you Mm
0: -hmm. but it just it
1: just keeps the cycle going
0: but yeah that's exactly it like Katniss decides to kill President Coyne at the end of Hunger Games because she's like this person is gonna just invite more bad into the world and that's not the answer
1: right and I feel like part of part of Suzanne Collins philosophy isn't just like is, it's like, has more teeth than just like, you need to do good and be nice. It's like, no, Katniss, fuck, Katniss killed somebody, Yeah. but like, that was what needed to be done yeah. to stop the cycle again.
0: Yeah, that's what she felt was necessary in this world she was living in. And I think that there's a lot of similarities for Gregor. When Ares asks if it'll make them feel better to kill the Bane, and Gregor says he doesn't know, but it can't make them feel worse. That's, like, a reflection of how hopeless everything seems for them. Like, this is their rock bottom. Like, Ares is thinking about how he shouldn't be alive. Gregor is thinking, like, about his dead sister. Right. And about Twitch Tip and all of it. Like, this is very miserable. But... In a second, when they actually find the Bane and everything kind of changes for them, they're going to realize that they were wrong. And this is just something they're saying kind of in their darkest moment. So yeah, I think Aries and Gregor here are kind of just beginning to like scratch the surface of another conversation similar to the one that Gregor and Luxa were having earlier in the book about Twitch Tip. They're grappling with these ideas of like, how do we deal with this terrible world that we're in? And, like, how do we act ethically within that system, you know? Like, <laughs> which is a very um, a very Hunger Games thing also. Yeah. Yeah. Ares tells Gregor that two rats are running toward the cavern they're in. Gregor hops on Ares' back, and they fly to the top of the cone just as two rats with mud-gray coats enter. They spot Gregor, and one says, We were fools to leave him with Goldshard. So I think they're talking about the Bane here. They're th- Thinking like we were fools to think that the warrior was dead, and we left the bane with just gold shard for protection.
1: Oh, that makes sense because for some reason I thought we were fools to leave Gregor with gold shard, and I just figured I had forgotten that they told gold shard to guard Gregor's corpse. But that didn't happen at all. So you're right. You're yeah. right. They are talking about the bane. Yeah,
0: I think they're talking about the bane. So
1: they're thinking pretty quickly. They're like, "Oh, the warrior is not dead," and immediately like, "Oh, we we fucked up. Ed. We
0: fucked up. We gotta <laughs> protect the bane." The rats leap at Ares and keep him from flying down to escape into one of the tunnels. Gregor realizes they'll have to fight them and draws his sword. The rager sensation begins to take over, and this time he doesn't fight it. He tells Ares, now, and they dive toward the rats. And that is chapter 20. Yep. Yeah, a lot, a lot to unpack there.
1: Really, I like, I can't remember if it's this or at the very start of the next chapter, but when he's like, he sees a foot, he sees a hand, he's really like, oh, these are targets. Yeah. And like, he doesn't, he doesn't have any reaction to that. He's just being fully like, fully robotically led by his rager instinct.
0: Yes. Yeah. And he's like, ready to let it take over. He's like, ready to accept it as part of his transformation. Like, this is very hero's journey, too. Oh, yeah. This is very much like the hero is going on this journey and they hit a point of darkness and then they like discover something about themselves and return home transformed
1: and it's not always a good thing
0: uh no it's not should we do chapter 21 let's do it Ares pulls out of his dive as a third rat with an unusual gold coat enters the cone at first, Gregor is afraid he'll have to fight all three now, but then the gold rat rips the throat out of one of the gray rats. The remaining gray rat, Snare, tells the gold rat, Goldshard, not to be an idiot because Gregor is here to kill the Bane. So later we're going to learn that these are the Bane's parents.
1: I didn't realize Snare was his dad. I
0: think, yeah, I think later we learn that Snare and Goldchart are the Bane's parents.
1: It's it's funny that like Goldchart has unusual fur and Bane has unusual fur and Snare is just like the normal rat in a family of anime rats.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow, I never thought about that. You're so right.
1: <laughs> he they they he totally would have had a complex about that if he gotten to actually raise the Bane, he'd be like, "Oh, you guys are always treating me like an outsider because you have cooler fur than I do." And they'd be like, "No, we don't, honey." <laughs>
0: Also, when the Bane was born, Goldchart was like, "Oh no, he's gonna be an anime protagonist."
1: Oh <laughs> Wait, literally, because doesn't don't protagonists with white hair like die more often? I think so. I, oh. what's
0: the meme? I mean, of course you have blue hair and pronouns. Oh my god! What's the white hair? Of
1: course, you have white hair and a tragic doomed fate.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah. I believe that. <laughs> hey, it's editing Una again. According to Google, the original Tumblr post reads, of course you have white hair and trauma, which also fits the Bane pretty well, actually. But yeah, I think later we learned from Ripred that Snare was like a super terrible dad who killed all the Bane's siblings.
1: Oh. So
0: that the Bane wouldn't have to compete for milk. So Goldshard tells Snare that she'd rather the Bane die than follow Snare which is an intense thing to say about your kid to your kid's
1: dad. Yeah, damn.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The two rats begin to fight, and Gregor watches from above as they tear each other apart. We get some really gruesome details about their injuries, but eventually Goldshard gets her teeth in Snare's neck, and as he dies, Snare slashes open Goldshard's belly with his hind feet. It says her intestines spill out on the ground. Yeah. Which I'm like, how did Suzanne even get that published?
1: I wonder if it's just like, they're like, oh, it's just animals. It's okay. Yeah, but like, <laughs> holy fuck, right? <laughs> the editor was just like, oh, it's just a rat fight. I don't need to read this. <laughs> no, I'm sure that they, somebody read it, fully considered whether or not it's okay for children to s- to see rat intestines spilling out into the ground and then approved it. And we should applaud their work and recognize it.
0: Damn. They don't make children's
1: <laughs> books like this anymore. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, if that wasn't enough for you, Snare
1: suffocates in his own blood. I like that as he's dying, he's already dying and he's still like, you're coming with me. Yeah. Like- do you think they were like this before the bane was born like were they always that couple who's always, like breaking up and getting back together oh like- my
0: god yes <laughs> like gold Chard and snare toxic relationship They're yikes
1: like, maybe having a baby will will fix us oh my god <laughs> <laughs>
0: let's have a nice litter of pups that are completely normal <laughs> and not anime protagonists <laughs> oh dear lord Yeah, no, I can't imagine they were particularly healthy at any point in their relationship. (laughs) Yikes.
1: Yikes.
0: As Goldshard dies, she looks at Gregor and starts to plead, don't, but doesn't finish. Gregor and Ares are shocked and confused, and they fly down to investigate the three dead rats. Ares says he doesn't know Goldshard, but he's heard of Snare, who was one of King Gorger's generals. Ares figures it would make sense for Snare to ally himself with the Bane, who everyone thinks will become king. Because at this point, they're still thinking, like, the Bane is this huge adult rat who is, like, gathering an army. Right.
1: I love, like, rereading this now that I know that the Bane is a baby. I I just, it's so fun. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's allied with him.
0: (laughs) These books are so good for rereading. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's great. Gregor asks why the Bane hasn't taken the throne yet, and Ares thinks it's because he's been gathering an army as protection against rats like Ripred, who want him dead so they can take over themselves. Which is like sound reasoning.
1: Right, like I was like, okay, that's not a stupid thing to think.
0: Yeah, I think that's reasonable. Gregor thinks again about Goldchard's last word, sensing that things still aren't quite adding up. Ares senses another rat down one of the tunnels, but he can't tell for sure if it's just one rat because the path spirals. So I guess this is our explanation for why Ares doesn't smell or hear that it's a baby.
1: Oh. Like, the path spirals. I didn't even think about that. So he can't tell. I I think in general, he's, like, not as good because, like, he, when they're with Twitch tip, Ares at no point is like, I can step in now. Mm -hmm. He probably just isn't.
0: Yeah, I think probably... I mean, no, obviously he's nowhere near as good as Twitch sense sensier powers.
1: Right. I wonder if bats in general just have worse sense of smell than rats because they also... Well, I guess they both have radar vision. Rats and bats do.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Even if he wasn't like smelling though, he maybe would be able to hear that it's a baby. Oh, right. He has
1: good ears too. Yeah. I guess maybe it's just like he's so not expecting it to be a baby that he kind of his mind discards the things that don't fit.
0: Yeah, I would believe that too. Gregor realizes that it must be the Bane waiting for him, and he recalls the stanza of the prophecy that describes the white rat. The entrance to the tunnel is too small for Gregor to fly in on Ares, so he decides to go alone. Ares tries to stop him from going, but Gregor insists the Bane isn't going to come out, and they can't wait around for more rats to show up. He tells Ares he has a feeling it was always supposed to be like this, just him and the Bane one-on-one which is brutal considering the final
1: book. I think that's one of the saddest parts for me. When we meet the Bane, he's this cute little baby rat. And I'm like, oh boy, cute baby rat. And then the next book, it's like, oh, things have already gone terribly wrong. Yeah,
0: yeah. And he's
1: not even a little baby anymore. No.
0: Oh my God, I can't wait to get to (laughs) book four when he goes like full evil. Oh my God. Anyway, we got to get there. We got to get there. Ares says he'll be ready to fly them out after Gregor is done, and he clasps Gregor's hand with his claw, which is also something that Gregor does after Ares dies in the scene where uh, they fight the Bane. Oh, God. Gregor, like, goes over and takes his claw.
1: Oh. What interests me in here is that they both they both act like Gregor will come back from this. And is it like, are they just, are they not acknowledging that he could die? Are they believing that the prophecy means that he will not die fighting the Bane? Or are they really just like so confident and fixed on their path that they're like, yeah, Gregor's gonna be fine and we're gonna walk out of here?
0: I was thinking about that too. Like Aries is just like, I'm gonna be here for when we need to fly out. And I think Gregor is probably like repressing everything except the idea that he has to kill the bane right now like he's Mm -hmm. not thinking that death is a possibility he's just kind of like or he's like either i kill the bane or i die either way (laughs) it's not my problem (laughs) (laughs) like (laughs) like
1: like the bomb exploding guys or no the
0: oh it's written on our wall over here yes somewhere either i fix it or it's not my problem
1: anymore yep from some guy on reddit or something who What do you call a bomb? He does bomb diffusings. Yeah. Professionally. He's like
0: a bomb squad. Yes. Explosives expert or whatever.
1: And either he fixes it or it's not his problem anymore.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I love that quote. I think that's what Gregor is feeling right now. Right. He's probably like, this is either the end of the line and it doesn't matter or I'm going to kill the Bane and that's what I'm here to do. Like, I'm either going to accomplish my task or it's not going to matter anymore.
1: Damn. Oh my God.
0: I think Ares must be kind of in a similar state of mind. Like, he's already living on the edge so much that Gregor is, like, the only person who cares about him right now. Right. He thinks that Lusa and Aurora are dead and that Gregor is literally his only hope of even potentially, like, having a place in Regalia again. And I think that if Gregor dies, Ares is just, just, like, ready to give up.
1: Right. Like, I feel like he would he would either like not even try to get out or he'd just go and like kill as many rats as he could before he died.
0: Yeah, that feels right to me. Gregor enters the tunnel and feels his rager mode booting up again. He goes down the corkscrew path that Ares described and bursts into a square chamber. He catches a glimpse of white fur in a cave off to the side. He thinks of Luxa and Twitch Tip and his dad and boots and lunges toward the cave, sword raised. But right before he plunges the sword down into the bane, the creature screams,
1: Mama! And that is chapter 21. The best plot twist of all time. I Uh, I agree. I don't even remember my reaction to this. I just know I did not see it coming at all. At all.
0: Yeah, I don't think I did either. I mean, I read these so long ago that I don't really remember what it was like to not have read these books. Um, they've just always been with me, but I (laughs) am pretty sure that this took me by surprise when I read them as a kid.
1: And it's interesting because it's like, it's not really foreshadowed, but it's also not really not foreshadowed. Like just everybody just assumes that obviously the Bane is an adult. They never actually have any confirmation that he's an adult, but it's like, why would you even question that?
0: Yeah. But they do at some points, like Gregor asks, like, why hasn't anyone seen the Bane? Or like, why don't we... I forget. I think it's towards the beginning he like asks Vicus or the council like why don't we know more about him and Vicus is just like well the rats are hiding him like they don't want anyone to know about him or whatever.
1: Oh nice nice. So there is even a little bit of like what's he been up to all this time. Yeah
0: I think there is that foreshadowing of like why hasn't anyone seen him but they do just like assume that it's an adult because he's prophesies to be this giant monster.
1: I love that he's also doomed by this prophecy, not even just to die, but also to be a monster because- Oh my God, you're right. From the minute he's born, everybody's fighting over him. Like he can never have a normal life.
0: Yeah. And then
1: he gets a rip red as like the worst, I love that rip red is just like the worst adopted dad of all time. Oh my
0: God, I can't wait to talk about that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I already raised my kids. Who are you?
0: Yeah, dude, I have so many fucking thoughts that we can't get. We can't even begin to scratch right. the surface about Rip Red's parenting of Pearl Pell. Like, Like, <sighs> there's, there's so much to unpack there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we just need to do like a marathon podcast. We just like get a can of monster energy and just speed run the, all the books. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well... We have been recording for so
1: long. Do you I, have any more thoughts? Do I? I mean yes, but I don't think we can I don't think we can get into all of them. Actually, I don't know if I do have any more thoughts. I'm pretty tired. Feel free to say them if they
0: come to you. Okay,
1: what are thoughts? What are thoughts? I
0: guess um, my thoughts are that this is a really good plot twist and I get to talk about it more with Lily next week. But in these chapters, we really see Gregor and Aries hit rock bottom together and this thing of finding the bane finding out the bane is a baby is just gonna shake their whole worlds like they were ready to accept everything that this world had given them as fact like the prophecy is correct gregor has to kill the bane boots is dead Luke's and Aurora and Temp are dead. Ares is alone and he's always gonna be alone. Like they were just like ready to accept all of these things that people had told them. Right. Everything that this world had offered to them. They were just gonna, they were just gonna take that because they didn't have any other option. But then they see the Bane as a baby, and suddenly it's like, no, the world can be wrong. Like we have the option to take control of the narrative here.
1: That's so true. Like they were doomed by the narrative and now the narrative is completely different from what they thought. And they don't they like they don't even know what happens next. They, yeah. It's not even necessarily better. They just don't even know.
0: Yeah. Like as soon as we get to the next chapter, like Aries and Gregor start being like, what the fuck are we gonna do? And that's like there's no answer to that. Like the world has been giving them so many answers up until now of like this is how you need to behave this is the role you need to fulfill but now that that role is not what they were told it was all bets are off
1: that's so that's so true i love how you like condense all that it's like yeah they can't kind of zone out and dissociate now because they need to they need to make decisions.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's so right. Like Aries and Gregor have both been running on this kind of like automatic, like got to kill the Bane. That's the only thing we need to do after that. It's like, we can, we can go back to regalia and like give up or do whatever, like sink, a- sink into depression. Maybe start a band. <laughs> Maybe start a band. <laughs> but like, they can't like once, once killing the Bane is like not what they thought it would be. It's suddenly like, you can't just go on autopilot now. You have to make a decision.
1: It's kind of going back to what you said about how the, how Suzanne Collins works for a lot about like choosing to not do a bad thing. It's kind of like, also you can't just accept, I feel like she has this too, like you can't accept the propaganda that you're told, like the narrative that you're given. You have to make your own choices.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's very much like, Gregor and Aries. I mean, we're going to talk about this when we get to the next chapter, but like Gregor and Aries are going to decide not to kill a baby, which is the correct choice. But to the Regalians, it's the wrong choice.
1: right?
0: But Gregor and Aries make this decision based on the fact that it would be putting more evil into the world to kill a baby, even if theoretically it would prevent more evil later on. You can't base your decisions on that.
1: Right. We gotta watch. We gotta watch Brother Bear sometime. We or no, not I, Brother Bear. You know the cartoon she made it with the bears.
0: Oh. um
1: I was gonna make a joke, but then I forgot the name. And uh, we gotta watch that bear cartoon. I bet it's super deep. But I think it's just like about bears that live in a house like people. But brown bear. Brown bear.
0: No, it. Oh my god, it's. We've been recording so long. Yeah. I do need to Google this now because <laughs> I'm gonna be
1: wondering. <laughs> Tell me what it is and what it's about, and then I'm going to make just the most hilarious joke to end this podcast.
0: <laughs> Suzanne Collins' Bear book. Little Bear.
1: Ah, Little Bear. Okay, we got to watch Little Bear sometimes. I bet it's got so many. There is a Little Bear Wakey? Oh, wow. Okay, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be like Little Bear has to kill his own father and rise from the ashes to start his journey. <laughs> And he learns that sharing is caring.
0: I definitely did watch this or read this as a kid. I don't remember anything from it, though.
1: I think I saw it, like, once enough to be like, oh, there's bears.
0: Maybe we can have a bonus episode where we talk about little
1: bears. <laughs> yes.
0: And how it relates to Gregor in terms we, of themes. A
1: hundred percent. Oh, my God. <laughs> we should just have, like, a, a round table.
0: Who's the better protagonist, Gregor or little bear? Oh, my bear? God.
1: Yeah, neck and neck. here. Head,
0: head to head. <laughs> okay all right let's wrap it up yep yeah thank you so much for joining me nate
1: yes it has been truly a pleasure
0: thank you for recording so much with me tonight
1: (laughs) no it's good it's good i i also would like to thank lola for actually not making that much noise i kept thinking she would but she stayed pretty quiet
0: yeah yeah i'm proud of you lola (laughs) next week we'll be covering chapters 22 and 23 don't forget to follow, rate and comment on this podcast wherever you're listening to it. You can find all of our links and social media at returntoregalia.card.co. That's c a r r d.co. Thank you for listening and until next time, run like the river.
1: Run like the river.